So what I want to do is I want to pray for those of us, the men in the church. It doesn't make a difference if you are a dad or not. I'm going to invite you to stand as we have an opportunity uh, to pray for God's blessing upon you. And so uh, we will invite you to join us as we pray together for the men in the church. Would you pray with me? Almighty God, Lord, we thank you for all of these men. Uh, we pray, God, for your blessings to be upon them. We pray, you, God, for you to, to continue uh, to use them in a mighty way as they uh, either lead their families or they grow into the men that you want them to be. Uh, we pray, God, that uh, you continue to guide their steps. Give us wisdom uh, in the things that we do. Uh, we pray, God, for your blessings to be upon us and our families and our children and their children, their children. We give you praise and glory for each one of these men. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Y'all give it up for the men in the church. I loved, I loved that video when I, when I found it because it, it is so true. There's so many different things that we do. Uh, and, and this past week, uh, I shared a little bit of the story with uh, the men's Bible study on Tuesday. But... Uh, on Monday, uh, Claire and I were at, at Latham's, and we came outside, and uh, there was a fairly large snake in the driveway. Now, you should know that none of our family likes snakes, uh, and so I tried to gently tell Claire to be careful because the snake was on her side uh, of the driveway. Uh, and so I did, and she kind of proceeded to get away from the snake, and then she gave me the instructions to get rid of the snake. Uh, and so I said, well, just hold on. You watch the snake. I'm going to go into the garage and get some of, because it was just she and I that were at the house. So I'm going to get something of Latham's tools and we'll come back and we will get rid of the snake. And so I went into his garage and he had no yard tools, uh, nothing. He had a fan rake. Uh, that is what he had. And so I proceeded to take his fan rake and his blower. That's the only two things he had. Uh, and so I had the fan rake and the blower to go out into the driveway to try to do something uh, with this snake. Now, I know your question is, did she videotape any of this? Uh, thankfully, she did not. But, uh, but I fought the, the snake uh, with this rake and uh, blower until I think that the neighbor pulled up and had great pity uh, on me and he came to assist. Uh, I just say that because here's the, how the story ends uh, is at the end of the night, Latham had a garage of yard tools uh, because I was like, okay, you need some things. You need a shovel, you need a hoe, you need some things in your yard, in your garage so that when you have this event occur in the future, you'll be able to take care of it. And so uh, I, I was fine to go and get that for him. And I, and I think about that because um, my dad did stuff for me all the time like that um, when we were growing up and when we were or newly married and all of a sudden we would have something we would need and all of a sudden it would show up uh, and just supported me in so many different ways. And so as I reflected on today's message, I started thinking about my dad. My dad's in his 80s. Uh, many of you know he, he has his own bout with cancer that he's fighting um, and COVID was tough on him. And so, uh, you know, every year is a blessing uh, that we have him. And so uh, as I read scripture, sometimes I think about something that relates to my dad. And uh, I came across a scripture a while back 
earlier this year that really made me think of my dad. And so uh, it's based on this passage. You don't have to turn here yet, but I just want you to read this with me and listen to this passage in Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 10 says this in verse 36. You need to endure so that you can receive the promises after you do God's will. Listen to that again. You need to endure so that you receive the promises after you do God's will. I think it's a powerful verse. Because God can make you a promise. God has made many promises that you never possess because you don't learn how to endure. When I look at my dad, my dad's had a lot of struggles in life. But when I look at my dad, I think he's the strongest man I've ever met in my life because he endured. He learned how to endure, uh, to live out the will of God, and to see the blessings of God pour upon him. And so I want us to look at a story to think about how do we endure. Because so many people in the church, we stop short. We stop short in relationships. We stop short in the church. We stop short in areas of our life, whether that's what our careers and things. We stop short. We don't endure. And so it, it kind of fades away. And so if you've got your Bibles, I want you to turn to Joshua. Joshua chapter 6 in the Old Testament. It's an interesting passage of Scripture because it describes how God's people conquer a land that had been granted to them. It had been given to them. It was theirs, and yet they weren't living in it yet. And I think that's a lot describes a lot of people in our Christian life. Because God tells us in Scripture, and we looked at this verse a couple of months ago, God tells us that every spiritual blessing that is given to Christ is given to us. Now I want you to think about that. It doesn't say that it will be given. It says that every spiritual blessing of Christ has been given to you. So that means if we see Christ as peace, then we should have the peace of Christ. If we see Christ as joy, then we should have the joy of Christ. If we see Christ as strength, then we should have the strength of Christ. And so it should push us to think about how do we endure. Because just because God promised it doesn't mean that I possess it yet. And so look at Joshua chapter 6 as we read the first few verses. 1 through 5, it says, Now Jericho was closed up tightly because of the Israelites. No one went out or came in. The Lord said to Joshua, look, I have given Jericho and its king into your power along with its mighty warriors. Circle the city with all the soldiers going around the city one time. Do this for six days. Have a seven priest carry seven trumpets made from ram's horns in front of the chest. On the seventh day, circle the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. Have them blow a long blast on the ram's horn. As soon as you hear the trumpet blast, have all the people shout out a, law, a loud war cry. Then the city wall collapse and the people will rise up, attacking straight ahead. And this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Now keep your Bibles open to Joshua chapter 6 because we're going we're gonna to come back. But I want you to realize what's happening here is God is promised through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he says in to Joshua, you're finally going to get to see it. I mean, you're finally going to get to see what I promised them, to be able to go into the promised land. Moses wasn't able to do that. Moses was only able to get to the edge and see it, but he wasn't able to go into it. Joshua, you're going to get to go into the, into the promised land. And I believe it, 
we start to think about this text, we can learn some ways to endure. And what I've noticed is that so many people, as we try to live out faith, we fall short sometimes because our perspective gets blocked. And when our perspective gets blocked, it kind of stops us. And so we've got to learn how to not do that. And that's what we see in this story. Um, how many of you ever know the story of, Jer- of Joshua, Jericho, the walls? Everybody, anybody learn that story when you're in like vacation Bible school? I mean, there's like a song, right? Uh, where the walls come tumbling down. Uh, and, and, I, and I thought about that and I'm like, okay, that presents a very simplistic message of what really is occurring in this. It's just real simple. They're going to fight Jericho and then the walls are going to come tumbling down. I wonder what Joshua would think if he heard us sing this song or if you even remember the hand motions, what he would think when he would see us do this. Would he think that it was so simple? See, Jericho was the first city in the promised land that they were going to take and then everything that God had promised would be provided to them. It was the first city and how many of us that's what's the hardest is getting started right I would think about my dad when he worked and fought for sobriety the hardest thing and I can't even imagine how hard it was the hardest thing was to come to his family and say I got a problem it's that first step right it's the first step to say okay I'm gonna going to go to the gym or I'm going to uh, get involved in this group or I'm going to start coming to church whatever it may be it's that first step that is often the hardest but it doesn't mean that it's easy right I think that's where Joshua would kind of look at us and go okay wait a minute it wasn't so simple because he had to wait 45 years to be able to go in right because the generation before him didn't do what they were supposed to do and so they had to wait in order to be able to go into Jericho So I think he would watch and he would listen to us and say, wait a minute, it isn't quite as simple. Sometimes we oversimplify somebody else's process. We just assume that it was easy for them and we don't realize that the battle that they're faced. Listen, Jericho, go go look at the geography of it. Jericho was not a very big city. It only took less than an hour probably to walk around the city. And they only had to do that one time a day. It wasn't that the city was so big that was the challenge. It was the walls that were so high. See, some of the stuff that stops us is because the things that you're intimidated by, the things that you're fearful of, the thing that your obstacle that you see in front of us, it's the wall that is so high that can stop us and our our perspective gets blocked. That's why I think it's important. I think it's important to come to church. And I would say to everybody who is home uh, that's online, if if you're obviously if it's health and you're not able to come out certainly but if if that's not what's stopping you then I think you need to come back to church because here's the truth for six days a week you think about the obstacle for six days a week you think about how high the wall is for six days a week you think about the problem that you're facing But when we come together, we begin to praise God. We begin to stand up and make a declaration. All of a sudden, we realize that we're not in this by ourselves. That we're not walking alone. That's why I told you that these cards meant so much to Bo, but it meant so much to his family. Because what it told Bo was that you are not in this fight by yourself. 
that we are with you. And it allowed him to maybe live a little bit longer because he was able to see over the wall. And so I think it begins to shift our perspective when we're able to come to church and realize, you know what, we're not the only person who's going through something that we have to raise our hand to to say we're enduring something, that we're having the trouble. We see that others are in the boat with us. And it changes our perspective. When you see past your problems, you begin to look over the wall. Look at these first two verses. If you've got your Bibles open, go back and look. It says, Now Jericho was closed up tightly because of the Israelites. No one went out or came in. The Lord said to Joshua, Look, I have given Jericho and its king into your power, along with its mighty warriors. Now, I don't know about you, but if you read those verses again, those two do not seem to go together to me. Verse 2, I've given you Jericho. I've already given it to you. I, I love this about God because God is the only person who can talk in the past tense as about a battle that you haven't fought yet. Think about that. He's able to talk about a battle that you haven't even fought yet in the past tense because he's outside of time. He's outside of the obstacle. He's outside of the problem that you're facing. And so he's able to say, I've already, I've already given it to you. He's able to see past the wall. And yet we see in verse 1, the gates of Jericho were securely tight. No one came in or went out. All you ever see is the wall. I mean, that's the part we have to stop and recognize. If we want to try to change our perspective and learn how to endure, you got to stop and say, okay, have you ever felt like God is calling you to healing, but you only feel broken? God's calling you to uh, trust in his provision, but you don't see any provision. God is calling you to be strong, but all you can see in yourself is somebody who's weak. You ever felt like God is calling you to victory over something, but you only feel like you cannot win? Has it ever been who you are and how you are when your revelation doesn't meet your reality? That means our perspective is blocked, and we got to look over the wall. Now, I think what sometimes blocks us is because the progress isn't always obvious all right so let's think about this story of joshua he's told to go around the wall one time each day for six days and so he summons the priest he's supposed to take the ark of the covenant before them and they're supposed to blow trumpets and then the rear guard is supposed to come behind them and to be able to follow them so let's look at this story in verse 8 it says, as soon as Joshua had spoken to the people, the seven priests carrying seven ram's horns, trumpets, moved forward in front of the Lord. They blew the trumpets. The Lord's covenant chest followed. So they're making progress, right? I don't know about you, but I like progress. I like things to, I see, I like to see things that are occurring. So I am one who likes to write tasks down, and it's really good to be able to scratch off a line on my task. First thing, I'm one of those who, how many of you make your bed every day? Okay, y'all are smart. Now, how many of you don't? What's wrong with y'all? Okay, I mean, making your bed every day is that first thing that's like progress. And so if I get up, if I happen to be home, now Claire has to make it most days. She's probably at home at line right now going, you don't make the bed. But she makes the bed every day for me. Uh, but if I'm home and she gets up to have her coffee, I will go in and make the bed uh, very quickly because it's like 
okay, a task occurred. I, I made progress for my day. There's just something about that I enjoy making that progress. So let's keep looking at verse 9. It says, the initial group of soldiers was going out in front of the priest who were blowing the trumpets. The rear guard was coming behind the chest with trumpets blowing continuously. So all the trumpets were sounding and Joshua had commanded the army to not, to not say anything. They were to remain silent. They weren't supposed to raise their voice until he gave them the word that they were supposed to shout. And so the ark of the, the Lord was carried around the city and the rear guard followed it. I love to imagine, always when I read scripture, trying to put myself into the story. When you think about being one of those who were either in the the leading the initial guard, or if you were the rear guard, what did they think? And is this how you would have done it? You ever stop and read a story and go, now, if I had written this, if I had been God, which is a scary thought, but if I had been God, I would have done it this way. Is this the way you would have done it? It's not the way I would have done it. Day one, you would have seen a couple of bricks fall, right? I mean, that would have been my progress. And then day two, on the other side of the city, I'd see a few more bricks fall. Every day I'd see a little bit more bricks fall so that I knew that I was accomplishing something and I'd be able to motivate people. Incremental wall damage. That's what I'm looking for, right? And so, I mean, I, I think that would make a whole lot more sense than just to do it for one time a trip each day and then go home. Don't you wonder what they thought? What'd you do today? We walked around the city. What happened? Nothing. Are you going back tomorrow? I mean, that would be the logic of that. And so when I read this story, I'm like, okay. And then why did Joshua tell them to be quiet? I mean, I think Joshua knew that in the past, um, the, the spies, if you know the story, go back and look in Scripture, the spies had, had spoken, they had talked about what they saw. And so I think he knew that when you're trying to, to battle that often it's the words out of your mouth that create the most damage. You can begin to talk yourself out of something. You ever done that? Of, ooh, maybe I shouldn't do that. And so he had them be quiet because I think he knew that, that could, they could be their own worst enemy. And so sometimes the strategy, best strategy is just march. But here's the interesting thing for me when I think about these soldiers. Joshua never tells them how many days it's going to take. God tells Joshua, but Joshua doesn't tell them. So it wasn't like he was on day three going, hey, just hang on, guys. You only got to go three more days, right? They got up every day, and they went and marched, and then they went home. They got up every day, and they went and marched, and then they went home. I wonder how many times... We stop because we want immediate progress. We want to see the, the answer. And so that's part of our struggle is that we have to learn how to endure. They just marched because God told them to march. God told Joshua and Joshua told them and so they got up and marched. And then I think the other part of this I would say is the teaching to endure it is because the process is open-ended. And we don't like, at least most of us, we don't like things to be open-ended. A couple of, probably three or four weeks ago, y'all know the CDC changed our guidelines on, on the drop of a hat. Church council had met one day, the CDC came in and said, okay, you can 
uh, fully vaccinated people are able to choose to, to take their mask off. And so I came to you, the church, because I knew that we weren't going to be able to solve that problem right away. I came to you as the church, and I said, if y'all will just, church council's going to meet in two weeks, just hang on for two more weeks. And you know what? Y'all did. And when we came back to you, church council, it was important. We, if those who are in church council, you remember, we talked about that. It was, to, it was important to come back to you as a church and say, in the middle of July, we're going to meet again. Once Pastor Lavelle gets here, we're going to meet and we're going to uh, look and see if we need to tweak anything else. Because what we knew would be difficult, because just to who we are in humanity, it would be difficult for me to come in and go, just hang on. We'll, we'll do it when we get to it, right? We don't like that part. We don't like that open-ended part. But here's the thing about the open-endedness. When I read this story, the open-endedness did not allow, it allowed for the the soldiers to not trust their own efforts and not even trust the progress. They had to trust in the promise. That is why the open-endedness is important. Sometimes we walk around in situations, we look at things that are going on in our lives, and it doesn't seem as if God is working. But let me ask you, will you pray even when you don't get your answer? Will you still serve even if nobody walks up to you and says thank you? Will you still work to grow in your faith even if you feel like you're not growing in your faith? Will you still show up even if you don't feel like you're making any difference? See, I think that's the question of the story was, will you still, and you fill in the gap, that's the question he wanted to know. That's the essence of faith. Will you still? Because walking around those walls of Jericho, it prepared them for the giants that they were going to face once they went into the promised land. Because they believed in God's ability to fulfill his promise. They believed in God's ability to be faithful. So many times we're walking through a battle and we don't realize that God's preparing us for something even greater. Sometimes we are walking through a battle and we don't realize that we're on day six. And we stop. What if you lived your life every day as if tomorrow is the day that God's going to answer his promise? What if we lived every day as if the promise would actually occur. Will you still? To me, I think that's the, the essence of how we learn to, to persevere and endure in our faith. It's a great story when you go and study and go and read Joshua and the walls of Jericho. And I think about those soldiers. Is that the kind of faith I have? that I'll keep walking, even if I don't see anything, if I don't feel God, am I still gonna praise him? If I don't see God's answer, if nothing changes, am I still gonna stand up and claim and proclaim who God is? Are we, as a church? Let's pray. Almighty God, we come so thankful that you are a God who gives us so many promises. And so, God, we come in this moment, and sometimes we 
We feel your Holy Spirit, and sometimes we don't. Sometimes we see answers to our prayers, and sometimes we don't. Sometimes we see problems begin to change, and sometimes we don't. Sometimes we see people getting better, and sometimes we don't. Help us to not trust in our own efforts. Help us to not trust in the progress that we see. Help us not trust in those little bricks that might fall. Help us to trust in your promise. Your promise that you are a God who is with us. You are a God who will never leave us. You are a God who will work to make us prosper. You are a God who brings about healing. You are a God who brings about wholeness. You are a God who gives mercy. You are a God who forgives us. You are a God who offers salvation to us. May we trust in your promise. And when given the opportunity, may we shout. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.